0: in the tournament, I start winning. So I win the first match, then I won the second one, and then I go to the final. And uh, it, this is in, in, uh, in the absolute. And in a final that I was like, oh, then maybe I can go to this thing. You know, but my wife was talking about going, at the time of the tournament, because I look at the day of the tournament, my wife was talking about going to Thailand for the holiday. So I was like, man, like if I win, it's going to be quite tough because my wife's <laughs> going to be mad with me. But, That's not the reason why I lost, I lost, I lost in a really bad way.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 14 of The Great Canadian BJJ Show. Today we get the story of Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Carlos Cesar Nunes. Learn about how Carlos went from a beach volleyball man, to Brazilian military, to training Jiu-Jitsu in Hong Kong. Hear the story of Carlos getting picked on by a 14-year-old boy in his first ever Jiu-Jitsu class. Find out who he met at McDonald's in Hong Kong that convinced him to try out jiu-jitsu classes. Also, stories about meeting Hoyce Gracie, Marcus Huas, and more. If you enjoy the content and you want to support, follow me on Instagram at presleybjj. And check out my new website, presleybjj.teachable.com. I have courses available on arm locks, attacking from closed guard, attacking the turtle, and more. Now let's get into the show. All right, so my guest today is a black belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's one of the main instructors at the Halifax BJJ Society training kids beginners advanced classes he's trained jiu-jitsu for over 10 years he's competed around the world he's got to train with some of the best people in the sport carlos caesar nunez how are you doing today carlos hey
0: thank you for having me here and uh for for being the first one enrolling in your, <laughs> in your garage that was great yeah thank you
1: so I've been asking everyone usually i the first question I ask is uh, did you train or did you work out today and I actually know the answer if i ask you because like you said uh we got to break in the new uh, mats in my garage here today i just uh, got got a fresh order of mats in here couldn't stand the no uh the no training through covid anymore we we're, we're all very uh much awaiting Halifax b j j opening up but uh how would you say you've adjusted your training Carlos through this through this last lockdown we're probably over a month in now have you been able to to kind of motivate yourself to to work out every day or how, how have you adjusted um
0: i guess i guess I'm, I'm not so different probably than you and most of the guys at the gym um i'm not doing a lot other than gardening and <laughs> weights in my my own house got a lot of equipment there and a little bit of a mat too so i've been doing some my shrimping at home <laughs> and uh, and just some weight yeah maybe also some some running not, not a lot of running, but a little bit of running here and there, and a, but not a lot man just crazy to to get back.
1: <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I feel like jiu i mean we I think we just rolled just for close to an hour straight with with pretty much no break, but I mean if i 'm in here doing a body weight workout, i think i I can go probably fifteen twenty minutes max, and that's about uh, that 's about all I got in me but but now i'm uh thankful you came out here tonight, and it was great to, uh, great to get some rolls in with you, but um, One thing I, I think is interesting about you, Carlos, is, you know, I think we kind of met when we were both a little bit further along in our, our jiu-jitsu journey, but uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about where you grew up, if you were into any sports as a kid or any activities like that. What was life like for you kind of before you got into jiu-jitsu?
0: So, um, you know, I, I'm from Rio de Janeiro. I'm outside of Rio about an hour. Uh, I, I grew up in a, uh, close to the beach, so... I, I play beach volleyball. Beach volleyball was my thing from very young. I play in the school, and and then when I was about 18, I joined the military, and then I played for the for the Marines um, uh, volleyball team, which was they have a beautiful a beautiful uh, gym in downtown Rio de Janeiro, and then they sent me there for for a long time, and I was just playing volleyball for the Marines for a long time. So that I think that was the best athletic time I had my whole life because I never trained anything until that point I, I did some capoeira but uh, I was very young I was 12 or 13 years old but just for a couple of months and other than this I never trained anything just play for fun um, but in funny because in the Marines I, I met Marcos so he was my instructor for really? yes man it, it was crazy because he I was in the Marine police for three years and one day he just showed up there with his bad boy shirt and uh tight shirt and, and it was 1995 so it was the time that he was quite quite popular in Rio but I had no idea who he was I I didn't really understand ju- I heard about jiu-jitsu but I didn't really know what it was very well I thought it was like some type of a I, I thought it was like a manny just standing because I, I hear like from the newspaper and stuff yeah. so then he show up there and then we discovered that every Thursday we're gonna have self-defense with this guy which I, I didn't know his name until that point and then he show up in the first day him and another two guys and then it, I think it was about 20 of us in a room and there was no mats or anything it was just a carpet and he, he looked at he just introduced himself so his name is Marcos Huas, and he's a fighter blah 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 and and then he said he's like he, there was a big driver so he picked up this driver and said all right you let's start so he said put the driver to to hold him in any position so the driver lying down on top of him belly up which was funny enough and then hold his neck in a really bad way and then he's like all right can i escape? And he's like, Don't let me escape. And man, it took three seconds and he was out. And then he looked at this guy, and said, Now you're lying down here the same way that I was, and then sit down on top on top of him and said, All right, now you escape. And that guy, man, the guy was like so much bigger than him. And and the guy and the guy couldn't go anywhere. And all he didn't even hold, him. it was just by positioning yeah, and then breaking the grips and all this stuff. And exactly. and we were on the camouflage. So it was there was a little bit of grips going on. But it didn't do anything to him he was in a jeans pants <laughs> and then and then out of a sudden the guy couldn't move anymore and then the guy stand up and he's like okay guys this is jiu-jitsu and man we all looking at each other like a really weird <laughs> at that point i thought i thought i was gonna get in jiu-jitsu because he started teaching us it was had almost nothing to do with jiu-jitsu he was teaching us but at that point he kept telling us that we should do jiu-jitsu and every time he 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 taught us for about i did i did about four or five classes only but i had friends who did a lot more and um but he kept telling everybody to do jiu-jitsu and i thought i was gonna do it but i was too young to focus on anything I was yeah (laughs) i was just having fun
1: now that's awesome uh very cool i didn't know that you uh, trained under marco marco huas that's very cool so you would say you were probably you were still quite young then were you still 19 18 or so you would say i was 20
0: i was 20 at that point yeah i i I was in the marines from from 18 to 20 almost 24 so yeah i I was quite young
1: so you were in the marines you did a little you got your kind of first taste of training then so then at what point would you say you kind of got i guess what got you interested in actually trying jiu-jitsu was it that first experience and uh, when did you actually kind of go in for your first like official jiu-jitsu class when and where would that have been
0: yeah so it a lot of time passed by after this because i i i left the military when i was almost 24 years old and then and you know at that point uh, i just i had to find a job so i i, I couldn't I couldn't stay in Brazil anymore. I I always want to get out of Brazil anyway. So I I end up in Japan. I left Brazil and I went to Japan. And um, in Japan is where I met my wife and um, we still together, we have three kids now. My son is 21 years old and uh, I have a a turning, uh, 15 years old and a one turning at 13 now. So, um, but then in Japan, I never thought of Jiu Jitsu and um and then my son was born i i didn't i couldn't do jujitsu at any time there was no way you know and um then we came here to canada for a a couple years and and then we went to hong kong so in hong kong i I started coaching soccer i did a coaching course and uh, which i still work nowadays with soccer is my business so i i start coaching soccer in hong kong and i walk in mcdonald in 2010 uh, january 2010 so i walk in mcdonald and then i see this guy in front of me with a cauliflower ear and uh, and I'm, i he i see he look he look brazilian so i was like oh this guy must be brazilian and he went so he's in portuguese which was funny right in front of me i'm like yeah and then he put it away i start talking to him so his name is uh, rodrigo caporal he's, oh, yeah. he's quite popular yeah. so he he's the person who brought me to jiu-jitsu in hong kong he 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 was taken there by by Quentin Arensi is uh, my instructor. He I got all my belts through him, and uh, he's from South Africa. And so Quentin brought him to Hong Kong in 2010, and he was there for a short time at that point. And he just told me, so I, I work right here. It, it's like I'm not joking. It's 30 second walking from my my office. Wow. So that was the only way. That I, it was perfect because if I couldn't do a night because it was quite busy and I had my kids quite young at that point, and. In the morning, I got in the office quite early, so I, I don't think I would be able to do. But they had a lunch class every day, and uh, Tuesday and Thursday was MMA, and then on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday was Jiu-Jitsu. So it, it was perfect. So I show up. Do um, you want me to talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I keep going about my up, yeah. first class and yeah, everything yeah, else? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I show I show up there, and uh, there he said, "Come in tomorrow. Tomorrow there's a class at lunchtime." It, it was in the afternoon already. I, I show up there. And there was about ten, ten to fifteen people in a class, and and they took a gi out of the bag and say, hey, "It's yours." And I was like, "I don't." I thought, "Well, like that's weird because I, I don't even know." My he's like, "No, no, you can have this one." They were really like I the gym was new, so they were just opening the gym. So he was giving gi to anybody who signed up. So I guess he was giving me a gi to force me to come back pretty much or making me feel bad not to come back (laughs) I I, I thought I think it was a good good strategy (laughs) so yeah he gave me the gi and I to tell you the truth when I walk in the gym I still play beach volleyball in Hong Kong from time to time and uh, I I met a group of people that play in a beach called Repulse Bay Beach in in Hong Kong and uh, so I still quite fit. So I walk in the gym and I look at everybody. Other than the instructor, that looked a little bit scary. cut what I was quite strong, but everybody else, I thought, yeah, that's gonna be easy. I, I thought, <laughs> it's brown belts and purple belts. I'm like, it's just, I don't know if that means anything, but I really thought, like, you know, I knew Marco Jahu as well. <laughs> you had <have> some experience. <laughs> I had to throw that in, you know. I know Marco Jahu. <laughs> But in my mind, I thought, yeah, this guy, he is going to give me a hard time. But I, I didn't even know very well how we're going to fight or anything. But I'm like, whatever fight it is, I'm going to do okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as you know, you can imagine how was the outcome of this. It was horrible. So yeah, they, they put me... So he Quentin said to me not to roll. And, uh, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I want to I roll. After doing all the shrimp, and you know, all this stuff that I had no idea what it was. And so he... He said, "Okay, roll with Max. He's 14 years old. Just be careful not to hurt him." And and uh, it was bad, man. So Max had two years in jiu-jitsu already, <laughs> and he's 14 years old. So I'm trying to be careful at the beginning. So he double legged me and dropped me, and I thought, like, oh, what a boy! I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get you now. So I couldn't hold him for anything. So all of a sudden he's mounted on me, and he's making grips on my collar. He he. Uh, just choke me. And, and I was like, what the heck is this, man? I like, that's weird. But I'm like, let's do it again. And I'm like, no, now I'm going to get him. And then he got my back and choked me again. And then the time finished and I was so frustrated. Because <laughs> I was like, what happened? But then I was like, do you know, this is strange. Though I knew that if this 14-year-old can do this to me, you now I didn't feel as confident anymore. Yeah. So. And then I went to getting top by everybody and going home like thinking about it like I uh, yeah I I didn't I I remember going home thinking that I need to figure it out I need to do this again and I need to learn this because I uh, this is cool yeah that's that's how I felt
1: that's awesome so so you would say you were probably hooked pretty much right away after that first class like did you uh what what would you say like your first couple years of uh of training looked like where you 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 really got into it and um yeah, I guess tell me kind of about your white, white and blue belt days. Did you have any guys that you really kind of were your favorite training partners? What what were you what were you like as a white belt and a blue belt?
0: Yeah, well, the, it, it was an MMA gym. Quinton was a professional MMA fighter, and Caporal also. So. They, uh, Caporal still, I think he still fights from time to time now And Quentin too, he's 48 years old And he's still fighting Sometimes they fly him to China to have this crazy brawls And I, I don't even understand how he does this But because it was an MMA gym So the the Tuesday and the Thursday First I start doing any class or whatever day I could go I think I would go like two or three times a week And then get to the... <coughs> A little hurt on my nail and then didn't show up for a week or two <laughs> thinking that was a big deal and so at the beginning I, I because of the MMA I think I um, I don't know if the experience was this I like the jiu-jitsu altogether including the MMA because I, I didn't really understand what I like at that point nowadays I know exactly what I like but at that point I, I didn't um, understand so um, I, I would go home after the MMA and because the guys are professional fighters, so they, they would spar quite hard. So sometimes my head was like, tung, 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 like, I had my my heart beating on my brain, which is, yeah. it was not good. So I, I didn't like that too much. And, and after a couple of months I, I stopped because I did quite a lot of the MMA and I and because there was no gi as well, I thought it was like cool because we did a little bit of a jiu-jitsu with, you know, in, uh, in the MMA class but I, I very fast I think after three or four months I figured out that MMA wasn't my thing and then I would do the Monday Wednesday and Friday and go there's another gym called epic and so mine. this is a funny thing too because my instructor he goes to everybody's gym in Hong Kong everybody invited him and he invite everybody to his gym he's a really open mind about jiu-jitsu type of guy and um, and this is like I, I'm like I feel like I'm like that nowadays myself. I, if any somebody invited me to any gym, I'll, I'll walk into any of them and I'll go there and I'll spar with everybody or try to meet everybody. And it's what I like about jiu Um But that point, I think until I got my blue belt, I I didn't I wasn't as committed. Um, it took me uh, it was two years and eight months for me to get my my blue belt, and I think it took that long because I was I, I wasn't coming all the time i would come every day in one week and then didn't show up for a week and then come again and it was like back and forth
1: right yeah no and i I like what you said there about um You know, I I think almost like it's like, I feel like when I got my blue belt, got my purple belt, it's almost like you feel like you have to take it a little bit more seriously. You know, like when you're a white belt, you're kind of just almost like dipping your toe into it. But it's like, I felt like when you almost have like a little bit of a responsibility when you're a blue belt to kind of show up a little more often and, you know, keep putting the hours in. And I like what you said, too, about, you know, being open-minded with the training. I feel like I, I try to do that as well, especially with kind of the way that I teach classes. I think you're kind of the same way and where you'll really try out different stuff that's you might not see in a normal, average jiu-jitsu class. But, you know, it's it's kind of fun to do things outside the box, and I think it kind of keeps it interesting for people. And I know, I think one thing that you got to uh, experience, I don't know if it was in Hong, Hong Kong, I think it was uh, in China, the ADCC 2013, I wanted to ask you uh, about that. How did you... How did you end up at that event? And uh, t- tell me the story of, uh, of that ADCC in China.
0: So, the ADCC has a funny story. Because, um, you know, at that point, I don't know if it's still like this, but at that point, you get, a, you get everything paid. Your hotels, and they do the qualifications. And yeah. if you win, you get hotel and flight and everything else paid. And they, I heard they even give you some money to be there at the tournament, so uh, I, I wasn't thinking a lot about this, but I, um, in, in the tournament, I start winning, so I win the first match, then I won the second one, and then I go to the final, and uh, it, this is in, in, uh, in the absolute, and in a final that I was like, oh, then maybe I can go to this thing, you know, but my wife was talking about going at the time of the tournament, because I look at the day of the tournament, my wife was talking about going to Thailand for the holiday so i was like man like if i win it's gonna be quite tough because I, my wife's gonna be mad with me but that's not the reason why i lost i lost i lost in a really bad way so the fight started, and the guy was a rugby player so he double-legged me and took me down and hold me enough on the ground to to get the points and then i stand up and then he did it again and get points again and then now I'm behind quite a lot and this is like in a minute or two a fight and, a fight and um, so I had the great idea to, to do the same thing I'm, I, I was like I'm gonna now get my points back I need to double leg <laughs> so we went at the same time and we bump head to head so I actually have a video of it I don't show that to anybody so we bump head to head and it, in a video it doesn't look like it, it even bothered him a little bit but it, I just I was off like I fell down and at the same time that we went together is see, see me falling kind of sideways and he took the side control and then he's holding me really tight on the side control and then you see in a video he's actually pointing my finger to me and I'm looking I don't know but he told me later that he's looking at me and I'm looking at him with an eye like very weird <laughs> and then he's <laughs> in the video show him pointing to me and then the referee come and shake my hand but i'm kind of looking so i don't know what the, the referee understand that i wasn't all there yeah, okay. and because he was the one that shake my hand and and pointed so uh, the referee stand up and, and disqualified me and then i stand up not understand i remember standing up but i i was looking and then he seen his hand and i didn't even know what that sign mean that's showing that i was uh confused, yeah. yeah i was confused and my my coach is screaming outside uh no, no, don't give your hands! don't give it. So, in the video, he showed me like not giving my arm at all. So, I'm taking my arm away and I'm looking. And then he said, No, let them fight, let them fight. And my ref, my, my instructor was so upset. And I and I lost like this in a final. So, that's my experience.
1: <laughs> that's pretty pretty epic. At least you got to rest your head in Thailand, <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> didn't win the trip, but um, no. but yeah, no, but. So how would, you, how would you compare, because I know you've got to train at quite a few different gyms around the world, so would you say, how would you say the average class is in, in Hong Kong, kind of where, where you started compared to, to Canada? Like would you, would you teach the same class uh, at Halifax BJJ that you would if you were teaching a class somewhere in Hong Kong? Is there a, like, any kind of cultural differences? Is the class basically the same? How is it maybe similar or different?
0: Yeah, so uh, the the difference I think from gym to gym is um, I think it goes by by instru- from instructor to instructor. So you get guys who are like really good guard passes, and I think like Rodrigo Caporal, he plays top with everybody. Every competition you see him, he, I don't think I ever seen him pulling guard in anybody. And and by the way, he actually fought Lepri and beat him in a in a competition. And he fights with like uh, Leandro Lowe and yeah. you watch and he beat the Baha'u. So he, he's like, but he's top. Everybody will pull guard on him because yeah. he's, he's quite good on top. And, and, and to take him down is really tough as well. So I, I feel like uh, for every gym you go, I think you get somebody who likes something a lot. And if they have only one instructor, and I think that feeds into the, instru- to the, into the students. And then you end up getting a bunch of students doing the same thing. so when I go to Hong Kong and I go to Caporal's gym I feel I feel I see a bunch of Caporal's there like everybody fights like him yeah. not everybody, but I would say most of them fight like him and then you go to Quentin's gym where is the GFT where where I, I got all my belts and uh, Quentin plays guard with everybody and and I feel like in the gym like everybody plays guard there too so um, I, I in regards to teaching, I think I would teach depending on the class so in Hong Kong you have the beginner the the uh, fundamentals class and then you have the advanced as well as as here and I think it, it's about the same thing um I think in Hong Kong people are a little bit smaller than here people here is a little bit heavier and stronger there they're 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 smaller so um I don't know how to explain this but it, it, it does have a little bit of a difference, but it's not like it, it's not because it's somebody smaller that is easy or anything, but it's just, it's just different. But I would teach the same thing I teach here, I would teach there too, and I'm actually quite happy every time I'm teaching something here or I see somebody teaching something that I can take it to Hong Kong and everybody's so happy. Or sometimes I bring somebody from there and I teach here that somebody didn't see and they, I, I feel the same. So it, it's kind of nice to go from place to place because of that.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. And I think it's true. It's more, it's more dependent on the instructor than kind of the location of where you're at. There can be some, I'm sure, cultural differences everywhere, but I think it's kind of just like whoever's teaching the class, that class is going to kind of take on that instructor's vibe. And like you said, potentially some of their game and techniques and whatnot. So you mentioned uh, Rodrigo Caporel was a big influence for you and um, his, his um, his other friend and instructor as well was there any other people that you felt had a had a big influence on your jiu-jitsu as you were kind of going along your journey
0: yeah so a lot of people man i'm even scared of start talking about names because if somebody hear this they might slap me in the face (laughs) next time i see them because quinton always brought the guys from gft so we we had tons of very good fighters um Oh man, I, I don't even want to say names, but I would I would say there was at least ten people that passed by our gym, and uh, but definitely some guys like some of them gave me belts with my instructor, and um, and and it was, yeah, it was really good to have. The, everybody was different. Some of the guys are very small, and some of the guys are very big. Some of the guys trained with uh, like uh, Rodolfo Vieira, so they come in a gym and they play around like we're nothing. Some of the guys still in Asia to this day, and they are. Yeah, they they are really good instructors. Um, I I think because I start quite late, I was thirty five when I start. So uh, for me, I think it's a little bit different than somebody who starts very young. And I think they can give a little more of themselves to to the sport. Like uh, for me, and you know, having kids and and a, and a company, you know, a business, and it you know, it's not the same. I I think I I would love if when you know uh, Marcus who told me to do jiu if i started at that time it would be amazing and um but it's, it's still good that i, I do jiu jitsu this day i'm completely passionate about it i i dream and about jiu jitsu and i think about it all the time i can't i can't not do it and and even my wife she she knows i'm a better person if i do jiu jitsu um but I think if I start a bit younger, it would definitely be better. Um, nowadays, I feel like, you know, you, you do. I would love to do class maybe twice a day, and I, I don't think I can. My body won't allow it. Even if I do slow, it, it just feels so sore all the time. My back and my toes and my knees and my neck. It's just not comfortable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I think it's a common thing in jiu-jitsu where I think everyone kind of wishes they start started younger because once eventually you do get into it and you enjoy it. you just like you said you want to do it so much even myself I started when I was 17 and sometimes I think like oh man what if I would have started when I was 10 or 12 right you know but I'm still like pretty thankful that I started as young as I did but so yeah I mean it's uh, that's awesome you had a lot of great influence from a lot of uh, the great guys in GFT what would you say was probably the first experience kind of when you had some training under your belt, and then you went against someone that was kind of like really that next level of jiu-jitsu. I know you mentioned, you know, kind of getting, I think everyone's got kind of beat up in their first class, but maybe it was rolling against like Rodolfo Vieira for the first time or maybe someone else from GFT. But when was that, when was the kind of that first time you remember being like, wow, this is kind of a next level of uh, technique that I'm going against?
0: I, well, when I was a white belt, there was a guy from GFT that came to the gym. His name is Bruno Granola. And um, he he was a black belt at that point already, and uh, he he was he was crazy man. He was really good and really crazy too. So he he wrist locked everybody. There was a there was a sixty old lady in the gym, and he wrist locked her that she had to put tape on her arm for like two or three months. And I, everybody's like, "What's wrong with this guy?" But he he, he didn't do only this. So he would. He was like betting bowl. I remember seeing him like going under people on their legs and turning underneath. And I, even my instructor, I think he was confused about it at that point. But he like, kept talking about Joe Miao. And I'm like, who the heck is Joe Miao? You know? But he, he was really into it. He was a black belt. And he was in a gym with Jake McKenzie and Vieira and all those guys all day, every day. So I think he was the first guy that I, I thought that was... It was a really big shot in jiu-jitsu. I mean, uh, I start with uh, Capo You know, he, he, yeah. he won a DCC at some point. Uh, I don't know if it was 2009 or 2010, maybe 2009. And so he, he, he was amazing. But I, I always felt like he wasn't really rolling hard with anybody. Yeah. And his positions were taught f- for us. So he wasn't teaching anything incredible to us, too, because we just we couldn't learn. Yeah, you know. He's more the what he, yes, he, he was just giving us the basics and I guess because he, he could easily beat everybody in a gym. So I, and then I I never really understand how good he was because I didn't see him competing and I but when this guy came I was already I was up before, it was before I got my blue belt. So when that guy came to the gym and I was quite hooked up in jujitsu. So when he came in, I was like, what the heck, man? I thought he was crazy. Like everything he did was amazing. Flying triangle people in the gym. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? I wasn't really watching videos or anything at that point. So I, I thought it was, I thought like I was really impressed with everything he did.
1: That's cool. That's cool. So say kind of fast forward a little bit then um talk about tell me a little bit about what it was like when you received your black belt kind of where was that was that from your original instructor did you know you were going to get it kind of how how did you feel about it and what did that mean to you receiving your black belt
0: um i i i had a feeling that i was gonna get a black belt i i I didn't know for sure but my instructor kept telling me that i had to be in the gym and I, i i you know i after the white belt, I pretty much had all my belts like in two years. So I, I got a black belt quite fast. It was like eight. I was doing jiu-jitsu only for eight years when I got my black belt. So I I, I almost feel like every belt I got, I wasn't ready. I thought it was too fast every time. But the instructor kept telling me, now it's fine. I know. I think you're ready and blah, blah, blah. And I think for different reasons, I got a belt. And I remember every single one. So the blue belt... I learned how to invert and it, it became quite hard to pass my guard at that point. So in a gym, even there was a, a guy called Adam, he was a purple belt and he was a couple years older than I, I'm not a couple years, he probably was about five or six years older than I was. So when I started, he was a purple belt and he would tap me 10 times during every row. And by the time i got my blue belt i remember thinking like okay this is the end of you now (laughs) that was like that was really cool and um yeah so and then my purple belt i got it from julio the guy who runs gft GFT. and um so julio came to hong kong and i took him to all kinds of um all kinds of um, uh, seminars i was driving him around and, and he didn't speak english so i was translating everything for him and then I was doing, I was a blue belt a blue belt for one year and eight months, something like that. And then at the end, on one of the, the, the days that he came to the gym and then he gave me a purple belt. And I, I really thought like, oh man, I, I don't think I could, you know. Then I, I think that's another reason why I, I had to train more and more and more every time I got yeah. a belt. Because I was like, oh no, man, I really need to step up now. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that is even more for the black because I was exactly two years. It was in the same January, two years later, that I got my black belt. And I was like, oh, man, maybe another year would be nice because I'm not completely ready yet. And, but my instructor's like, I don't care. You know, you're know, you teaching now. I can see you you're giving instructions to the students and all this thing. And I'm like, man. But then after that, I was like, okay. I think I became more... Um, addicted to jiu-jitsu after i got the black belt than any other belt because i really thought like okay now i really need to yeah. figure it out <laughs> yeah. and to this day i still on the same boat i still trying to figure out yeah.
1: no i'm definitely in the same boat it's cool because i mean jitsu is really endless like you said it's you're never ever going to be done there's always more to learn more new stuff to discover old stuff to revisit and and go over again so yeah that's, uh, that's really awesome. I know it's probably tough to kind of narrow down to one thing, but is there maybe one thing or a couple things that you'd say you've, you've enjoyed the most about, about jiu-jitsu? What, what, like if someone asks you, why, why do you love it so much? Is it that it's so physical? Is it that it's like the community aspect of everyone coming together? What, what, do, you, what do you love about jiu-jitsu? What is it that keeps you coming back?
0: I, I think friendship, definitely the most. And um, I, 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 I can talk forever you know, my wife will hear this and she will, she will laugh because she says that to me. And every time I say, it, it's like, I never talk. And she's like, oh, you can never stop talking. It's your problem. But, um, so I, I, I love making friends. I really like m- meeting people. And and I think jujitsu, in jiu-jitsu is really easy to do that because you're you're there in the gym and, you know, you go before when I would go to a gym to do weights or anything like this, you don't really have contact with anybody. They are doing their own, everybody's doing their own things. But when you, when you go to do jujitsu, it's different, you know, and and chi now even more because everybody will have contact with you, and 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 I think I I I like this the most, definitely the most, and a um, second I think is being fit. I I like I, I like because of the exercise. I can put the two things together, you know. Mentally is really good for me too. So there's there's a lot of things, but I think physically for for being fit and 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 making friends. I think that's the two things that I can think uh, that it's the most important for me. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, that's awesome. It's definitely a big, big part of it for me too. Just like the relationships that you build and, and whatnot. And I know when I first started to get into a martial art, I just wanted to just be a black belt. I thought that would just be cool to kind of work towards a black belt and something, but you don't really think about at all the friendships you're going to develop and the people that you're going to meet and the connections and, and everything else that you're going to make. So, so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, tell me the story, too, because I know I saw a picture from a while ago that I, th- I thought I saw a picture of you and Hoyce Gracie. Is there a story? Uh, did you get to meet Hoist Gracie at one point? What's the story there?
0: Yeah, it was quite interesting meeting Hoyce Gracie because I-, I wasn't so interested in going to his seminar because I didn't think that he was going to teach anything related to the things that we do, as I heard from other people. So I, I just want to go to meet him. So I show up in, a, in another gym here in Halifax, and um, and he was there, it was quite amazing. He's from Rio de Janeiro too, and, um, and I actually I have a lot of friends in Hong Kong that says that we look like each other, so I just wanna have a picture with you to make joke with a But it was But it was more than this. To tell you the truth, um, based on what you see in a TV, um, he is completely different, he's very different. So he's a hunter, he hunts, it's his main thing, he loves hunting. So when we start talking about hunting and fishing and all this stuff, and at one point he's like, oh, give me a phone and I'll contact you when I come back here we can go hunting or fishing or something, and I was like, are you kidding me? And then he took me for, for dinner, he's like, oh, let's go for dinner with us, me and this, him and the other guy, Rad, and, uh, and then there was, I think there was about five or six people that went for dinner and he make sure that I would come and I'm not even from their gym, and, uh, And it was really nice. I sit down right in front of me to the point that I was like, almost like, okay, maybe you have to talk to those guys too because uh, they brought you here. And I I, I was talking Portuguese with him the whole time. And he was really interested about Halifax and asking questions, which I didn't know that he was like this. I thought that he was a little more serious. And he's very, very friendly. It was was really nice meeting him.
1: What about, because you, I mean, you would have been around in like the early UFC days. And I mean, you, like you said, you grew up in Rio in, in Brazil. What was it like, kind of those those first couple UFCs? Like, was was Hoist kind of like a, a hero in Brazil right away? Did it take a while for people to kind of kind of realize his achievements? Kind of talk about those. Remember when you kind of remember hearing about those first couple UFCs, Hoist Gracie kind of first becoming a legend. What what do people think about? What did people think about Hoist in Brazil at that time? Did they look at him like Superman?
0: So I i went to japan in 1999 i arrived in japan and that was the first time that i really started understanding about ufc because when they start in brazil because it was in the u.s so it, it was not so as, as famous in brazil as everybody might think may think it it, it wasn't so when i got in japan I was walking to a place where you can rent uh, videos and then i saw this thing about fight and i rent and i saw it was in rave they have brazilian flags and all this stuff that was what caught my eyes and i stopped that's when i really started understanding and watching the fight so this was already nine, 1999 i heard about it in the early days or maybe even see things in a newspaper but because of you know it's not like nowadays you have everything on your telephone at that, that point I, I never had a phone until 2002 or 2003 so um i i didn't really know that that's when i maybe even early 2000s i was getting hooked up in watching a lot of fights and ufc was even arriving in halifax for the first time in early 2000 i would rent all the videos and watch all the fights and i start understanding who's who and watching but that was when I really got hooked up not, you know, even after Marcus was I completely, it completely got on my mind and, and I, I wasn't really thinking about Cause my thing was volleyball anyway, so I wasn't ready to fight. So
1: Interesting. Interesting. So I got some, I've been doing a rapid fire question round, kind of like 10 rapid fire questions, kind of some about jujitsu, some not. And then I got a few more questions to, uh, to wrap up and, and yeah, we'll go from there. So when you were a kid growing up, if you had one, who was your favorite athlete?
0: Oh, Tanji. Tanji was a beach volleyball player from Rio de Janeiro, and he was a really tall guy. And I, I, I used to watch him and trying to understand how he did things on a beach volleyball court. And I want to mock him and copy him and everything, you know, and... And then we take it to the to the beach close to my house with me and my cousin he was my beach volleyball partner and another friend called called macarons like macaroni that was his name and we would we would just yeah that, that was definitely my my i i he, you know i i would think about that guy all the time i wouldn't be i want to be him at a point <laughs>
1: beach volleyball <laughs> cool cool what's your favorite restaurant
0: oh that's a tricky one man because my kids really like japanese food and i like barbecue so barbecue brazilian barbecue there is uh it's quite popular in brazil the brazilian barbecue Um, definitely any brazilian barbecue i'll go in even if i have to complain sometime because some of them out of brazil are not so good or not as authentical but I, i i would walk into anything like this it's sad that they don't have one in halifax yet
1: Yeah, I've got to go to uh, one when I was in Atlanta, actually training at the Alliance Atlanta School with uh, Cabrinha and Array, I remember a couple of the guys said there, oh, you got to go to this Brazilian barbecue place. And it was, it was crazy. It was like all you could eat. They just come around. They just keep feeding you meat and and all kinds of delicious stuff. So yeah, I can uh, have to go to the Brazilian barbecue with you if they they build one around here in Halifax. Uh, What was the last show that you would have binge watched? last show? Yep. Any type of
0: show any type of show let me think here um i actually went to watch me and my wife watch uh song latino in in Dartmouth. maybe in it was in a pandemic but they were separated the chairs and everything else it was probably about six months ago and uh it was a it was a a, a lady singing in in uh in Spanish it was very nice yeah yeah cool.
1: very cool who's your favorite grappler?
0: that's another tricky one <laughs> let me think um, I would say I would say Roger Gracie I like Roger a lot and, and because I'm a six foot four, and um, a lot of the things that he does it kind of work for me too and uh i i I like him yeah i like him a lot i think he's i think he's really good
1: he's one of my favorites too for sure um if you could go against if you had to go against one person it could be anyone in a no time limit jiu-jitsu match could be anyone living or, or living or dead you could pick hodger you could pick one of your students you could pick anybody who who would you go against if tomorrow tomorrow you had to go against one person no time limit who do you pick
0: I would uh, so I would get beat up so badly, but I think it would be really nice to just go face-to-face and sh- slap and bump, looking at Rodolfo Vieira's face and like, okay, let's do
1: this. <laughs> and just get killed. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd all get killed by Adolfo, even if it was me and you, two on one. <laughs> uh, what about, what's your favorite... T- jiu-jitsu technique what's your
0: favorite move my favorite move so there, there is i well I, i'll tell you something i jujitsu, for me i think it's it's quite nice for me to get into anything that i feel that the person does really well and just go in there and destroy his game so when i'm in a gym this is something that I really like in jiu-jitsu. I, I don't really try to hide any grip or anything when we start a roll. Like sometimes I'm rolling and some somebody's really trying not to give you anything or always get to that perfect position to just go in and just uh, be in that specific advantage on you right away. I don't, I don't think that's my thing. So it's difficult for me to say what I like the most. I like to go into anything that I can try to... That I feel like, okay, he likes to do this. Okay, let's do from here then. Yeah. And then I can do better than him. Like That makes me feel really good that I, I go into that position and I, do, I can get out or I will pass his guard or I will. He, that's his perfect pass, but I will sweep him or i you going to do something you that like I will... I like the counter. Yeah, I think the counter for most of the positions, I think this is quite nice. I, I really have no problem in getting in a gym. Into getting to get into any position that we will just fight from there. Do you know what I mean? That's, I think this is something that I like.
1: Yeah. No, I'm definitely the same way. I prefer to counter rather than be the one that's shooting in and, and be the more aggressive one. I prefer, prefer the counter too. Uh, what would you say has been your toughest match or maybe your toughest role in the gym? What's a, what's a round or a match that kind of stands out in your mind that was, that was really, really physically tough or challenging?
0: Um, I think different people has different things that they do that you you try to. That gets you to think, you know. Like in nowadays, like I kind of got the basics from most of the positions. So it comes to the point that sometimes you're rolling with somebody. Like Joe is really good at half guard. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I, I'm always thinking I'm gonna get in there and try to, and try to to do better in the position that he does like, like, I like the counter. So I think different people, like with you, you, you like the ex guard. So I'm always thinking like how I can get out of there and, mm-hmm. and, and advance in a position when you're not, you know, in a, in a So I, I think it, there's quite a few people like uh, well, and like, I'm saying we, because that's where I am all the time now with you guys. So do you know what I mean? So the black and brown belts that has some good game. So the you know, do well, and sometimes get, catch me on my foot, and I, I'm always like thinking about things in regards to to, to those things that they do well. So that it, I think there's three or four people that I'm always looking up in different positions that I I need to kind of figure out how to
1: how to give them a hard time
0: in those good positions that they do well. And, yeah.
1: yeah. What about if you could make any match? If you could. I guess what this is kind of your own personal dream match. You could set up a match between any two grapplers in the world and they they're not allowed to say no. Who who who's who's the main event? Who's who are you going to put against each other?
0: Man, that's a tough one too cuz there's so many fighters now and I think from every weight category there's a superstar there that you always like, okay, this guy is amazing, but then how would be, him be with this other guy like I I don't know. I don't know. There's too many people, you know, and we don't even need to go too far. Like, even in Nova Scotia, there's so many good people here, too. So, it's a tricky one, you know. Like, when you think about it in a TV, I like, I like Leandro Lowe because you never know what's going to happen. Some days, he looks like he's dying and then he ends up doing really well. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I You know, and I, I like Rodolfo Vieira a lot. Yeah. It It just seems incredible how people always pull guard on him and it it's really hard to sweep him i keep trying to understand what he does and it, and it, when you're watching everything makes sense and then when you try to to do it it just nothing makes sense it's really tough but i think maybe i would say hodofo and bushesha again like just, i i want to see them again like i want to see Rodolfo training at least for a couple of years back in a gi and just throw those two in a, in a mat and just i want to see them fighting and a final of the worlds again, like one more time, because every fight that I watched from them was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. If you haven't seen any uh, Rodolfo Vieira and Bouchesha matches, definitely look them up. They're always action packed. And one that I don't think we'll ever get to see, but I would definitely be. A, it's definitely one I definitely think about is Rodolfo against Hodger. I think that would have been an amazing match yeah, too. That, that would be uh, incredible. And I think these guys are in different weight classes, but I feel like if if you could get Lucas Lepre... Against like Rafael Mendez. Yeah. I think that would be one. I think that would be fun to watch too. That would be really, really exciting. But I don't I don't know if we'll ever get to see it. Last question I got for the rapid fire questions. If you could pick three movies that you can only watch three movies for the rest of your life, what three movies would you pick? What are your favorites?
0: Three movies, man. Oh, do you know, first I'm really bad with names. I watch so many movies that sometimes I'm like, oh, I love this movie, and then the mm. name of the movie just get out of my mind. And it's not only name of movies, like most of the names, even people's names. <laughs> like everybody in the gym. I everybody in the gym is body. Hey buddy. <laughs> I forget everybody's name. <laughs> you know, they they probably will know from now on if they what, they listen to this, they will know why I call them bodies. So but um I I have about I have three movies on my mind but I can't think of the name so uh, actions like movies from from the 1800s and you know from in a war or civil wars and stuff like this I kind of like movies like that yeah yeah and my wife doesn't like them so I have to kind of wait for her to go to sleep <laughs> <laughs>
1: sounds like me when I want to watch jiu <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got for the uh, the rapid fire questions. Just a few more to throw at you before we uh, before we wrap things up now i I feel like I know the answer to this, but uh, have you have you trained in any other martial arts other than jiu Jitsu? I feel like you've you've done a little bit of judo i thought I thought maybe you were possibly a brown belt or maybe a black belt in in judo, but maybe tell me a little bit uh, have you trained any other martial arts, and if so, what martial arts were they
0: Yeah, as a kid, capoeira was very popular. And, and it was quite cheap, too. Um, in the area that I grew up, there was a lot of, in Rio, there was a lot of capoeira gyms everywhere at the time. And I think it was probably the most popular thing around. And and they were very cheap. So my, my father put me in capoeira. And then I, I, I only did for about, I would say, four or five months, maybe. I started having some pain on my, my hips. And uh, I had to do some physio. And... And the doctor said that was probably because of capoeira, so that my dad never let me do it again. And I was only 12 or 13 years old. It was definitely a mistake, and I think it was probably a growing pain because I was growing like, like crazy. Um, so capoeira and judo here in Halifax. I, I did judo as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this MMA thing at the beginning when I started jiu-jitsu, but not... Uh, did you get a belt in judo? I got a belt on my yellow belt. Oh, huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, <interesting. laughs> but that was all. Yeah. I only... I did it for 2 years and I still go from time to time too when when there's something going on there and this when I start teaching here with you guys um uh, it it the, the schedule for me to teach wasn't so good uh in comparison to their schedule so I had to stop because of one of the days wasn't matching so and then I eventually I just fell apart is I was having some um, uh, lower back problems too and I thought that the takedowns again and again and again sometimes so many of them just training not even going so hard but that was uh i felt like it made the muscles around i was always like feeling like the muscles on my back was sore but not because it was because of the the the, the fall you know i was too many but i i can i can I, I go from time to time i still go i i really like everybody there and um but uh jiu-jitsu just jiu-jitsu i do just jiu-jitsu now
1: yeah, it's uh, it's almost the problem with jiu-jitsu. Once you do it, you just want to keep doing it more and more, and you just don't have, you don't have time for anything else. Um, what would you say is the worst injury that you've suffered from jujitsu? Lower lower back, lower back, definitely. I have
0: this going on now. I think for about four four years at least. Uh, at the beginning, it wasn't so bad. It would come and go, come and go. And if I had like a week that I would grow quite hard, and then it stays there for a couple. And maybe even a week but it would disappear but nowadays it just doesn't disappear anymore it's always there and um i i need to do like um um i i got I, I got quite a few doctors telling me that i have to do an mri and uh, i i will have to do i need to figure out what's going on there but it, the lower back definitely the worst one but you know as everybody else knees are a problem from time to time not always and uh toes and fingers and wrist my neck is quite bad sometimes too but uh <laughs> i think everybody's the same everybody talked talk with every everybody's broke up
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah no i think that's that's true once you train once you train jiu-jitsu for a number of years you're gonna have some injuries no one no one trains for five six seven eight years and you know doesn't have a sore neck and a sore, sore shoulder or sore elbow so, one thing I think that uh, you seem quite passionate about is the instructing of Jiu Jitsu, and I mean, I think um, ever since I've seen you teach for the first time, I feel like that's something I definitely noticed right away is that you seem quite, quite passionate about the students and um, and what you're teaching and, and the whole lesson plan. Do you It's something that I, that's changed a little bit for me, where I was I felt like I was usually more of a student. Like I feel like I've just kind of coming into this instructor role a little bit more in the past couple of years where I'm not competing quite as much. But I feel like I'm kind of uh, discovering a new passion for Jiu Jitsu and that's as an instructor you kind of see it a little bit differently it's 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 different that you kind of get to be the one and showing people they're learning the techniques you get to see them using them in the class it kind of gives you a good feeling that you show someone something and they're actually able to use it I mean not everyone may have the opportunity to be an instructor everyone has the opportunity to be a student but I guess. I guess kind of, what, what would you say, wh- what do you enjoy about being an instructor? And is it something that you've really found that's, wh- when did you discover that you were passionate about it? When did you go from student to instructor? How do you feel about it?
0: So I, I came, so I, I was at MXT in Halifax for, for quite a few years. And um, I came to, to Halifax BJJ because I was invited pretty much invited to teach so Joe told me like oh come and he start coming doing with that maybe you're going to be able to teach so at first I started just showing up and doing some roles and um, crazy mats that he put in the floor that green one the, at the beginning but but then he's like oh you know I'll give you a schedule and and I, I never taught in jiu-jitsu until that point and maybe a couple classes here and there when somebody asked me to teach but I, I don't think I was good so I learn how, I'm i learning how to teach jiu-jitsu in Halifax BJJ and, um, and, and I'm really glad that Joe invited me because I, I think I became more passionate about jiu-jitsu after I started teaching. Yeah. Um, I knew I liked jiu-jitsu a lot, but I didn't know that I would, I didn't, I, 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 was, I always felt like a little bit silly to teach if I didn't really know that well how to teach a position, if I didn't know the position well, so this is something that I, I still learning. You know what I mean? So there's definitely a bunch of things that I teach that I'm very confident and I can go. Then I'm like, I, I know this work. You can yeah. do it, you know. But they still have a lot of things that nowadays that are like I feel like I would like to go to somebody else's class yeah. so that they can teach me. You know, because I once I learned that very well, I can maybe teach to my students. You know, and there's things that I don't even put like I. I don't go into X guard, I don't teach ever, teach X guard, I know how to get in there, I know how to hold in a position, but I don't feel confident to actually teach, even beginners, I, I, I don't, I, it's not something that I, it, it's part of my game, so I only go there um, if, if it, like, I don't know how to explain, like, I will go in there and try to get a sweep, and if I didn't get a sweep right away, I'll move on with something else because it's it's not a position that i feel confident so i i i don't feel like teaching and i know saying this is specific because i know um, a lot of the classes that i go that you teach you you teach a lot of x cards, So so yeah. it's just the difference yeah
1: yeah yeah no it's interesting because i feel like i was it's a little bit different for me where i feel like i kind of got thrown into teaching when i was even still like a blue belt and a purple belt and it's interesting that you said i think i went through a lot of the same thing where you don't you're not confident to teach. When I was a blue belt, I wasn't confident to teach, and I was still quite young, so I had definitely had feelings of, you know, are people even going to listen to me? I'm young, and I'm just a blue belt, you know, but I think you develop the confidence as you train. You spend more time in the positions. You understand the techniques better. You just become more confident, usually as a person, the more that you train jiu-jitsu. And I think it's kind of a fine line of confidence where you have to be confident in the technique that you're showing. But you mentioned too, you also always want to be learning. So you always have to keep that humbleness of like wanting to be a student, always wanting to learn. You can't ever think that you know everything, even if you know a lot. I think if you have that attitude where you think you can't learn from people immediately, you're going to start falling behind with all these new techniques and new positions and new ways to look at things. So, yeah, I think I think there's definitely something to uh, something to be said about that. Um, what would you say has been your biggest struggle with jiu-jitsu? Most people, I think, would kind of say, like, finding the time to do it. As you know, life gets busy. I mean, you said you have uh, three kids, so uh, you had quite a full schedule before you even got into jiu-jitsu. But other people might say injuries. What's been kind of the biggest struggle for you on your jiu-jitsu journey? I,
0: I think at the beginning the schedule, to make the schedule to to show up there. But this last seven seven years that I moved to Canada, uh, the the evening classes, they they work perfect for me. So I I can go every day, no problem. And the Saturday afternoon normally works Sunday. Uh, If I say I'm going to Jiu-Jitsu on Sunday, my wife will get really upset. So (laughs) Sunday is not a day for Jiu-Jitsu and it's it's understood in the house. (laughs) <laughs> but Monday to Friday, I'm fine. So I, it, it, my kids are not as young anymore. So I, I, I feel that it's perfect now. It's it's good, you know. I think there's a lot. I see a lot of people like they they have one kid only, and but they are like two years old, three years old. So it, it's definitely more difficult for them to make the time than for me at this point. Because my youngest daughter is 13 years old, so it's it's they they do their own things. And to tell the truth, uh, my middle. Uh, girl and my older son, they they don't want to hang out with me anymore, like they, <laughs> unless I force them. <laughs> they are all doing their own thing. My younger daughter, we we still do a lot of stuff together, but my my my, my other two kids, I I, I I need to force them, like hey, car ride. No, they don't want to go. They unless it's like okay, you have to go. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, the schedule is fine. I can do evening every day, and I I'm really thankful for it. I, I I'm quite happy to to be able to do this now with no problem, yeah.
1: That's awesome. Uh, last last question I kind of had for you and this kind of just uh, came to mind, but Orlando Sanchez, uh, a couple months ago, there was, I think, a match that I posted where I competed against him and you posted a picture where you actually had met him, I think at the, was it at the, the Abu Dhabi? What, what was the story there when you got to meet Orlando?
0: I was a purple belt and there was a competition in Hong Kong. It called Copa de Hong Kong and um, I don't know who brought him. I think it was one of the gyms that brought him in, and he was just giving medals and putting the medals on people's neck, and uh, maybe they brought him to do a seminar. I don't even know, but he was in a competition, so I I just met him there. I just talked with him for a short time. He even spoke a little bit of Portuguese, which was funny. but uh i didn't i didn't have a lot of time to talk to him and uh but it was interesting it was nice to to meet him because at that point i knew him already which was nice yeah yeah but i i didn't really talk to him for too long just for a little bit and
1: did did you get to meet Gabby Garcia too someone told me you got to meet Gabby Garcia
0: <laughs> yes so Gabby Garcia i i flew to to beijing to watch the 2013 adcc and um the fighters were sitting down in a, in a specific area, but then Cabrinha went to fight uh, Mendes, one of the Mendes brothers. And uh, so Gabi Garcia came to sit down right beside me because the fight was right in front of me and the, 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 the stadium had this, the, I was right in front of the, the, the seats there and the fight was right in front of us. So Gabi Garcia came and sit down right in front of me and she was uh, cheering for, for, for cabrinha so uh, that's that's how I end up meeting her. I just start talking to her. <laughs> and then she uh, we talked for a short time, a minute, and um and then I just said, "Can we take a picture?" And she's like, "Yeah." then I have a picture with her too. But I don't go around talking trying to take picture with a bunch of people. I I have a picture with I don't know, about 4 or 5 of those famous people. Yeah. And uh maybe because of seminars or whatever reason. But uh, but I, I somehow with Gabby Garcia there was a joke going on in the gym and everybody says that Gabby Garcia was my girlfriend all the time they said that so and then I, I it was one of those things I, thought I I, almost want to take it as a joke because I, I, I post that in, I still posting that in the gym from time to time to this day <laughs> because I said I always say that Gabby Garcia is my 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 instructor Quentin my, my instructor girlfriend so everybody says he's my girlfriend but I said no it's Quentin's girlfriend <laughs>
1: What uh? What else do you remember about that event? That ADCC kind of sticks out for me because that was the one crone Gracie won. He submitted everyone. hickson was there in the final. He submitted Gary Tonin, He submitted J T Torres. That was incredible. You mentioned uh, Cabrini and Halfa Mendez. That was Cabrini's last victory over Halfa Mendez. Halfa had beat him five or six matches in a row for three or four years. I think that was the one where Gavao beats brawlio Estima and the super fights. What? Hey everybody, sorry, but the recording had stopped while me and Carlos were talking, and I didn't notice until later. All you missed was us complimenting each other as instructors and really looking forward to when Halifax BJJ would reopen. So sorry about that. I'll try to make sure that doesn't happen again and get excited about next week's guest, Craig Ferguson. See you next week.